Welcome, baseball fans, to another edition of the Baseball America podcast. I'm Nathan Rohde, alongside Connor Glassy, coming to you from the Baseball America headquarters in Durham, North Carolina. Connor and I just returned to the office after spending a week in Jupiter, Florida, to see the top high school prospects play in the Worldwood Bat Championships. The tournament featured 85 teams from all over the country, and after five days of over 200 games, we are certainly tired. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How are your feet feeling, Ruddy? Uh, my feet are very sore, but my ankles, the, sw- the swelling has gone down. That's good. That's good. Yeah, it was, it was hot. It was a lot of baseball. Uh, some long days, but it was a lot of fun. It certainly was. It certainly was. There's at Jupiter, if you know, you guys aren't familiar with the tournament. It's basically there's 13 fields going on all at once, and there's about six time slots during the day uh, in which games are being played. So, you know, unless you have a crew of 10 or 15 people, you can't see everything. And Baseball America had three people there: you, me, and Dave Perkin, uh, who is our West Coast scout. Uh, came in to see some games, but teams, major league teams with their scouting departments generally roll about a dozen, 15 or more deep in order to see as many players as they can. Absolutely, yeah, and you know, for us, when we're trying to spread ourselves all over the place, that means a lot of walking, and some of those fields are pretty far apart, and we actually had to break down and get the golf cart on Sunday. The golf cart was a a good move on our part on Sunday, I felt. Uh, that morning when we got up, I don't think I, w- I didn't think I was going to make it through an entire day without it. It was expensive, but you know what? I think it was worth it for that day because Monday, even though we did do some walking, uh, I felt a lot better and a little more uh, re-energized, I guess. Exactly, it gave us that much-needed boost right in the, you know, towards the end of the tournament there. Well, I think the greatest thing that we can tell our, our readers about with Jupiter is, you know, we release a, a top 25 uh, high school draft ranking uh, during the summer and then in the fall we come out with a top 100 kind of an early look at who the talent is for the high school Uh, and a lot of that comes from the trips that you and I did over the summer Uh, you know I was at Tournament of Stars you went to Perfect Game National and uh, East Coast Showcase and Dave Perkin took care of the area code games for us but Jupiter is kind of the the culmination of all this we get to see all of those players kind of in one spot and that's where we get to reassure ourselves about a certain player or, you know, make sure we get to see the pop-up guys who need to make our top 100 if we didn't really know about them in the first place. Uh, but kind of hitting on some of our top 25 guys, first, uh, it should be mentioned that some of these guys that we really like and we saw over the summer weren't there. Uh, Jameson Tyone, for uh, for example, did not make the trip, nor did uh, A.J. Cole. Uh, and, uh, Connor, you spoke with uh, Jameson about why he didn't go. You want to go into that a little bit. Yeah, well, I mean, obviously, Jameson had a, a very busy summer, um, you know, pitching in the in the Under Armour game, and then with uh, with the gold gold medal winning Team USA. So he's he's pitched a lot this summer, and basically, he just wanted to take a little bit of time off, uh, rest up the arm. It sounds like he'll be taking about six to eight weeks off, just resting and and working out, um, training to get stronger and and be ready to go once spring rolls around. And you know what? For a guy like that, uh, who's already at the top of our list, didn't have a lot to gain from going to Jupiter and probably has more to gain from just taking it easy and resting up. And I, I think that's a smart move on his part. It sure is. And it's the same story with A.J. Cole, who is you know, the number two guy on our list, a very projectable right-hander from Florida. He did a lot of pitching himself this summer. 
Uh, he did tournament of, tournament of stars. Uh, he didn't pitch on the uh, the Olymp or not the Olympic team, but the Team USA because he couldn't get out of school. There's a lot of uh, strict guidelines with some of these schools around the country and how much you can miss. So, you know, obviously they need to adhere to that so that they can be eligible to play in the spring. But it's also a good idea for these kids to take some time off because remember we're we're talking about 17 to 18 year olds. Uh, and I I talked to a, a college pitching coach down there asking him why one of his recruits wasn't pitching in Jupiter. He says, well, you can't pitch 12 months out of the year. You know, you can't pitch forever like that. You know, you're going to break down, especially when you have a young kid. So it's nothing against these kids. You know, they they deserve to be there, but they don't have to be. Especially those guys at the top of the list. You know, they have their scholarships lined up. The scouts know who they are. They just need to rest up so that they can compete in the spring and be ready to go when they get drafted. So that's the story with a couple of the guys that weren't there. Uh, Connor, do you have anything to add? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that's one of the things that we found when we were doing our showcase article that, that came out last week is that uh, these events seem to be better for the position players. They have more to more to gain, you know, from getting more experience with the wood bats and seeing the quality pitching. But for the pitchers, it's uh, you know obviously just a little bit riskier trying to pitch that long as a, as a young young pitcher like that. So it's good for these position players to come out and, and get some more reps with the wood and smart you know for some of the pitchers that maybe decide to take a little break. It sure is. Now how about a couple of the guys that were there? One of them, the first one I guess we'll hit on is a hitter from you know. Connor, your uh, your neck of the woods, being a Seattle guy, uh, Josh Sally, an outfielder from uh, the Upper Northwest. Uh, tell us a little bit about him. Yeah, well, Josh is a, a big physical kid. He, uh, both of his parents, I believe, were uh, professional bodybuilders back in the day, and and you can kind of see that looking at him. He's got a big, big physical frame, and uh, plays plays left field, but he, he's he's more athletic than. You might guess just looking at him, he can he can run a little bit. He's he's a good athlete, but his his main attribute is hitting. Um, and he continued to show that he's one of the top hitters in this class, both both for average and for power. Um, big strong swing from the left hand side, and he played for the uh, Texas Scout Team Yankees and hit a hit a big home run for them in this tournament. So he, he sure, looked good. He sure did. The only time I had seen uh, Josh before this week. Uh, was on TV when he was playing in the Athlete game, and uh, seeing him up close, you know, he he is very physical. He's mm-hmm. got a very quick swing, and that strong lower half really uh, gives him a, a good package as being uh, a good hitter. Uh, but he is also a very good athlete. You know, he is big-bodied and physical, but that doesn't get in his way uh, as it might with some others. So he's uh, he's certainly a very interesting outfielder to take a look at. Uh, a couple other guys that we saw. Uh, you know Carson Whitson, uh, right-hander from Florida, and Stetson Alley, the right-hander slash third baseman from Ohio, uh, threw in the same game. They're both on the yeah. East Cobb Braves, which was you know a very loaded team uh, as we saw, uh, and they threw back to back in the games, which was great. You know there was a ton of scouts at that game. You could barely see or stand behind the backstop. Uh, it was in the afternoon, so the sun was really beating down on us, uh, and I don't think we saw a pitch below 90 miles per hour out of those guys. Um, both of them, which are in our top 25, some of the the bigger arms in this class. Uh, I know you haven't gotten a lot of chance to see. You saw Allie some, but Carson Whitson, you got a better chance to see. You know, what did you get out of it? Well, he he looked good. Um, he's got that big fastball. I think 
I saw him up to 94. Did you see any higher? No, I, I, I touched the 95, but it was kind of one of those, you know, he pulled his shoulder out and his arm got extended and the pitch was up and out. So, you know, though he did touch the 95, I don't really count it because it, it wasn't a good pitch. It was just right. it was just out of the zone. He kind of let it go. Uh, but he was consistently hitting 94 for me. Uh, and though his command was a little bit off, um, you know, 94 is about where he can get to with that fastball. Sure, yeah, and and that's one thing I noticed too is the command was a little spotty, um, but the arm strength is there, and it, it it's it's really good arm strength. It's special, but especially um, you kind of put it in perspective when you walk around one of these things and you see, you know, a lot of 86, a lot of 87, some 90s, but there's very few guys who can throw 94 miles an hour at that age. Yes, very very few, and he threw a lot of fastballs. We didn't see a whole lot of off-speed stuff, but again. Plenty of people have seen Whitson, and you know he's kind of already established himself. We saw it earlier in the summer, so he didn't really need to show us the off-speed stuff. I guess you know just kind of get out there, get his reps, uh, and get it done with. And then right after that, we saw Stetson Alley come in. Who well, you uh, saw him? I, I took off. I, you know, I've seen Alley a few times this summer, and I. I Made the trek up to the red fields. But what did you see out of Stetson? <laughs> well, with Stetson, you know, I saw the big velocity. I knew he had a good arm because I've seen him play third base and make throws from over there. And it's obviously at least a plus arm at third base. When he gets on the mound, I saw him, he was 94 to 96. The first mm-hmm. couple of pitches were 96, and then he kind of was that 94, 95 range. And then down from there, you know, 92, some more 94s. Uh, the command was a little spotty, uh, which we know is kind of his thing right now. He, he's got a big fastball, but not always 100% sure where it's going. Uh, the pitch I really like out of him is, is, his, is his slider. It is a nasty, biting 85-86 to 86 slider, which yep. is just unfair. Uh, his command was spotty with the fastball, but with the slider, it wasn't too bad. Uh, you know, he can throw it for strikes, but he can also throw it close enough to the zone that he can get a guy to wave at it as it breaks out of the zone. So with those two pitches, you know, he certainly has uh, a pretty good arsenal. But I still think the jury's out on him in terms of, you know, whether he's a position player or a pitcher. He's obviously got that really big arm, but, you know, I think he could possibly play third base. He's obviously got the arm for it. Uh, if he's going to be a pitcher and something more than maybe a back-of-the-bullpen guy, he needs a third pitch, obviously, uh, to be a starter. But yeah. we haven't seen that yet. But you won't see it in high school much because, quite frankly, if you've got a 94-96 to 96 fastball in that slider, <laughs> what else do you need? <laughs> you don't need a changeup. The changeup would be easy to hit. So uh, from what we're seeing with him right now, he's obviously a very good athlete and very talented uh, and going to be very well-regarded coming sure. into the spring. Yeah, and I think... You know, for me, I've seen him hit, and I've actually, he can hit pretty well. He's big and strong. At East Coast Pro, I saw him hit a, a home run, and he broke the bat, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just think that arm is, is too special to to take him as a third baseman. I would definitely take him as a pitcher and hope that he can find the strike zone a little more consistently. Sure, and the advantage he has always also is if pitching doesn't work out, you know, he was a hitting prospect in high school, so you can go back to that. We've seen... You know, success stories with that before and the experiments that haven't worked out, but at least it's an option. He has something to fall back on, I guess you could say. So, but moving on, uh, you know, there were some guys outside of of the top 25 that we saw that are certainly going to be top 100 candidates for us. Um, Connor, who who stood out to you uh, at this tournament who is going to be a top 100 guy for us uh, that really impressed you with uh, their package of tools? Well, one guy that, that... really jumped out at me, and he actually could 
sneak his way into the top 25, I think he's going to be pretty close at least, is a left-hand pitcher named Kevin Zymek out of Amherst High School in, in Amherst, Massachusetts. And, uh, you know, it was another one of those things that at, at these showcases you can re- always tell when the good pitchers are pitching because there's about 40 golf carts behind home plate. <laughs> and that was the case when he was taking the hill. Um, and he came out and he didn't disappoint. I mean, he was sitting 90-91, touched 93, which is great, you know, especially for a left-hander. Um, showed a, a good tight slider that he could throw for strikes. And then a changeup that had some had some sink. And he also showed a curveball that gave it's, – it, it's a loopier curveball, but it gave hitters a different look. So he was – out there throwing strikes with four pitches, and he looked really good. Good, good. My pick to click is is going to be a guy uh, that I actually saw last year. He laid down a track bunt when he was playing for the Royals uh, baseball club, and uh, he got down the line in 3.6 seconds. Mm. So I was like, wow, I need to take this guy's name down. And sure enough, he was back again this year, showed some added strength because he was really skinny last year, showed that he had a lot of room to fill out. Added strength this year, still kind of that Dexter Fowler, very skinny frame, um, you know, to to fill out in. Uh, but Mason Williams, uh, a kid out of uh, West Orange, Florida, uh, he's a, he's a center fielder, very very fast, and he actually has a very good arm too. I didn't realize it uh, until this year, but he pitches a little bit, and I've been told that he's about 90-92 off the mound, hmm. so he's got a plus arm from center field. Uh, he did throw one guy out at the plate, and then another game I was at, uh, there was a sack fly to right center field uh, that should have been routine, and he almost nailed the guy at the plate with a, with a very good throw. So he's kind of uh, he's kind of my guy right now. My, I guess you could say he's my personal cheese ball. Uh, I really want to see this kid do well. He swings it from the left side, and when he takes a full swing, he's consistently four seconds down the line or less. Yeah. So he he's. He's going to be my pick to click, so sure. keep I an mean, eye that, on that him. The speed is exciting. The speed speed is pretty amazing. Uh, touching on one other guy who actually is in our top 25, but kind of flies under the radar a little bit because he doesn't have huge velocity or anything like that, but he just goes out there and competes and gets the job done, uh, is Drew Sisko. Um, you know, we're going, to tell, we're going to talk a little bit about him, but then we have an interview to play for you. But uh, tell us about the game that you saw Drew Sisko pitch in Jupiter just this past week. Sure. Yeah, what was uh, really interesting about Sisko's performance is a lot of times you see these pitchers at the showcase events, and they come out, they throw an inning, two innings. You know, maybe you see him for three or four innings. But Sisko, uh, incredibly, he went out there and he threw seven innings. He threw a complete game, and it wasn't just – against some random team. This team had Nick Castellanos and Jordi Cabrera, two top 25 hitters. And uh, he shut them down, didn't give up a run, only gave up four hits. Uh, he didn't walk anybody, and he struck out eight. So that was a really special performance for, for Drew Sisko. Um, and I caught up with him after the game, so let's listen into that interview. Congrats on the good game out there. How do you feel? I feel good. That was a big one for us. Good team. I played with a bunch of them actually in the uh, Under Armour All American game in the USA uh, Tournament of Stars and stuff like that. So I knew quite a bit of them, and, and they were good players. Nothing to have a good day. Yeah. What's your uh, What's your general game plan when you take them out? How do you like to attack hitters? I like uh, I like to I rely on location a lot, and uh, you know my fastball is is you know it's average and. And I take pride in throwing inside and outside and, and hitting my spots and knowing hitters' weaknesses and throughout their at bat. So 
that's my game plan pretty much. Just is, is go after the hitters and, and uh, use my mental game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for, for someone that's never seen you before, how would you describe yourself and then talk about your your different pitches? Tell us what you throw. Well, uh, fastball, curveball, and changeup. Uh, usually, I like to go in and out with my fastball. Uh, some pitchers don't throw inside a lot, but I'm one that throws likes to throw inside and keep you off balance. With the curveball as an out pitch and fastball as an out pitch, and I like to mix in my changeup throughout the game um, and make sure to keep the ball down and hit location. So mm -hmm. Yeah, much it. Yeah, good. Um, how did you, you specifically attack Jordi Cabrera and Nick Castellanos today? Um, Jordi, I threw a bunch of uh, breaking pitches to Jordi today. Uh, I wanted to see if he could hit it and prove that he could hit it, and then Nick, uh, I go in on him. Fastballs early, and uh, then come with the breaking balls later in the game. See if he could prove to hit that. So. Sure. You've been you've been traveling all around this summer. Tell us about uh, where you've been this summer and what that experience has been like. I've been to um, the East Coast Showcase. I started out um, at, at the Metrodome, I think, the first one. Then we went Tournament of Stars. deal for me to do and I'm glad I I'm glad I did it. it was a long summer but it was a lot of fun. Yeah. You you've grown up around pitchers with your grandpa and your, your brother of course. And what what has that been like for you and what have you learned from them? It's been great. You know, my granddad was here actually today. He um he's been a big impact on me too. Both my grandparents grandpa's they uh, uh having a pitching family. Uh, with Mike Mike being in the Phillies organization. You get to learn from their their mistakes and their success, and that's something I take pride in and, and learning. And uh, I just have my ears open every time he's speaking, and, and uh, we go out to the bullpen whenever he's in town. It's a good thing to do when you're talking on the phone to hear not just the mental, not just the physical side, but the mental side as well. So I think it's a, it's a good deal for me to have that. And that was Connor Glassy with Drew Cisco at the Whirlwood Bat Championships down in Jupiter, Florida. So we're back with you now, and we want to talk a little bit more about what happened in Jupiter. Uh, one thing that Perfect Game did this year, uh, instead of just having all of the games on all of the fields, uh, they added in what they called the Bo Jackson Five-Tool Championship, where they took players uh, that were in the events and that they feel best represent the five tools. And they put them all together and they had them compete in these different uh, uh, drills, I guess you could say. They had a group of guys that they considered five-tool candidates that competed in every competition. And then they had guys that competed in just one of the events because a guy that was known for his arm or known for his foot speed or known for his raw power at the plate or something like that, uh, I thought it was it was very interesting. It was a great idea. We got to see some really interesting stuff. It was four hours. It was, it was, it was. the end of a long day, and it was four hours long with a lot of time in between events. So there needs to be some tightening up there. But uh, overall, very interesting. What did you take from it? Yeah, I mean, it was a fun event. It was a nice way to end the day. I uh, got to sit there and you know see some of the top players show off their tools. Um, like you said, it needs to be tightened up a little bit, and I'd really like to see them, if they continue to do this, I'd like to see them uh, make the players use wood bats, because it's the wood bat tournament, and they're here at this showcase event, uh, event using metal, which I think turned off some of the scouts and 
things like that. But it was a lot of fun, and we got to see some some exciting uh, exciting players, you know, show off what they can do. We saw Mitchell Shiflet, you know, with his uh, six point three eight sixty, which was the fastest one there. That was that was pretty exciting. Um, a couple guys, you know, weren't too far behind, like Andrew Tolls ran a six four eight. Uh, Sean Coyle ran a six four eight. Um, yeah, Kevin Jordan ran a six five one. So yeah, that that was a lot of fun, and uh, we saw some some pretty fun home runs, didn't we? We certainly did. Uh, Wagner Mateo, who recently signed a uh, a contract with the Cardinals but had it voided. Uh, it was a little. It was three point one million dollars, I believe, uh, but had it voided because of, he didn't pass his physical. There were some concerns about his eyesight. Just from him hitting, I didn't see anything wrong with his eyesight. He was squaring a lot of balls up and hitting it all over the field. Uh, one of his home runs was an absolute laser over the right field wall uh, that got out in a very little time and uh, hit the Cardinal offices, which were told the window that he struck was Jeff Lunau's window. So a little bit of poetic justice, I guess you could say, for Wagner Mateo saying, yeah. hey, look what I can do. Uh, but then he later... Uh, hit another one, which was uh, more of a towering home run that actually landed on the roof, uh, which I know it's a metal bat, but I don't care who you are. If you're 16, 18 years old, and you're hitting those kind of balls with a metal bat, there's something to be said for uh, sure. for your talent. It, it was impressive. I, I did see him in the games, and he looked, you know, he looked more raw with the wood against the live pitching, but definitely showed off some impressive tools there. Mm-hmm. Another interesting thing about the event is the final day was Monday, uh, which had the semifinals and the finals, so the final four, then two teams competing, uh, in which the Brave Scout team, which is actually an underclass team that was all 2011 and 12 graduates, uh, won the entire event. Uh, besides having those, that championship round, we got to see some consolation games. So some of the teams that decided to stick around and not head on home, uh, and some good ones at that, like the East Cobb, uh, the Southeast Texas Sun Devils, uh, we got to see them play again. If you know, we didn't get to see them earlier in the tournament because we were at other fields. Uh, that was a real nice thing. So, you know, who? What did you see in that final day? It was. It, I was really glad to see that, uh, especially because I didn't get a chance to see the Sun Devils too much. So it was really nice to see. Garen Chikini was on that team. His little brother Gavin was on the team, who is also a re- fine player, uh, and his parents coached the team. Parents, mom and dad. Yes, they do. Glenn Cicchini is the head coach of Barb High School in Louisiana and helps out with the Southeast Texas Sun Devils. Uh, Barb High School, if you guys know, it's probably one of the best high school programs for baseball uh, that we've seen in the last 20 years. So we named it the top program of the decade about eight to ten years ago, maybe. So uh, he uh, he's the lead guy there, but uh, his wife, Raisa, uh, actually helps out a lot as well. She throws batting practice, which uh, in the interview coming up that we have with Garen Cicchini, uh, he, he really likes his mom's batting practice. And yep. my favorite part was, uh, you know, when a team comes in from defense, the first baseman and the center fielder, they get a ball. Usually there's one player that's designated to throw that ball to those guys so that when they go back out, they have a ball ready to go for warm-ups. Sure. Well, that was Race's job. Yep. And she did not take any time in just, you know, tossing out or lobbing this this little easy uh, easy toss. She fired absolute peas at the players. So uh, she she is an, an amazing individual, and she knows her baseball. Uh, yeah. And this is just one of the greatest combinations I've ever seen. They're a lot of fun. They're both really nice, both very energetic. Live wires. Live wires. Yeah. 
and their kids are extremely talented at the they game. They are. They are, and they're not just talented. They're they're great kids. You know, that they've been too. brought up well. It's a, it's a great baseball family, and they were a lot of fun to watch. And it was also fun to see in that consolation game. We got a chance to see Taiwan Walker, um, who I didn't see earlier in the week, but he pitched, and that was that was nice. You know, great to see him in a consolation game. Give us a give us an extra chance. Yep, got an extra chance to look at Taiwan Walker, and we also saw a little more of Jake Feltz who uh, I've really personally, he started to grow on me a little bit. He's a very physical, stocky catcher, very strong guy behind the plate. I just love the package that he brings to it. So, But uh, going back to the Chikinis, Connor, you caught up with them for with uh, Garen for a little bit. So uh, let's go ahead and listen to that interview right now. All right, I'm here with Garen, Garen Chikini. Right. Garen, tell me how the weekend's been going for you. You know, it's been... It's been great. We face a lot of good competition in Jupiter, Florida, and you know all the, all the best players come come here, and and it's really good competition. And it's fun to be around because you don't you just don't want to breeze through through games and all that. So I mean it's it's great. It's great competition. Try to get you ready for the next up. The best players are here. Yeah. You know it's it's been a good weekend though. It's been a very productive weekend, and I think it's for, for everyone. For everyone. Sure. Well, I mean, what's it like standing out there? What's up looking out? behind the backstop and see, you know, two to three hundred guys with their eyes on you. Yeah, well, I don't know if they're all on me, but, I mean, hopefully a couple are, but, you know, it's, it's fun. It's fun to just, just know that all your hard work just, just came through and, uh, and it's showing off, you know, because, you know, you work so hard to get to this point and then you have people come watch you and want to pay you to play a game. You know, it's, it's really it's really cool to, to have that, you know, in, that, in your mind. So. Someone, you know, listening to the, the Baseball America podcast here that hasn't seen you play, how would you describe yourself as a player? You know, I'm, I'm very competitive. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I'm humble, but uh, I'm, my best tools are hitting and base running. So I, I think that my hitting is a plus and my base running is a plus. So I think that's what I bring to the table, hitting and base running. And so any, 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 I mean, when I go to LSU, that's what I'm going to bring. If I, if I get drafted by a team, that's where I'm going to bring. So I think as a player, I'm a hitter and, and a base runner. So. Yeah. Yeah. What do, what do you work to improve? I'm working to improve my defense, my hands, my feet, trying to get a round ball, working on my my hands, softer hands. But, you know, I always, always want to get 1% better every day. If there's 31 days in each month, and you're getting 31% better, shoot, at the end of the year, man, you know, that's, that's my goal is get 1% better every day on anything. You know what I mean? So that's, that's my goal for this year. Sure. Um, your, your parents are your coaches in high school and in here at the tournament. What's it like playing for your parents? It's awesome, you know, because some guys don't really get the chance to play with their parents. I mean, maybe in Little League and all that, but my parents, they, they never coached me ever until high school because, I mean, they didn't want to get into that Little League stuff. They wanted the other dads to get into it and all that. But then in high school, I mean, they coached me all around, but, like, when I was on the team, they didn't coach me. But, I mean, it's, it's fun to see when you look in the dugout, you got my mom and my dad. It's my dad, you know, there's not many moms that can like, go out there and throw the best BP in the world. But I've never seen anyone throw BP like her, so yeah. you know it's just awesome to uh, have that. It's pretty, it's a pretty unique situation. Yeah, yeah. and you, your little brother plays too. Tell us about him. You know he's a good player. He's a good player, just like everyone else. So you got to get better. You got to get better every day. One percent better, and uh, he, he'll be good. He'll be good. He'll be a guy that you're looking at in a couple of years. So you know it's, it's fun though. He, he has a good time. He's competitive. He plays the game. Plays the game right. That's that's the only. That's the only stuff they tell you. Play the game right. You know, yeah. You go out hard. You run everything out, and that's that's what we do. So. Yeah. Now, be honest with me. Were you guys buddies going up, or you pick on? <laughs> my 
and play hard, you know, that's what, that's what I got for the youngsters out here. Go out and play hard and enjoy every day. And uh, thank Baseball America for, for uh, yeah, giving you, I don't know, what do you say? Thank Baseball America for writing stuff about you. Or, you know, they do a good job, so uh, gotta do a good job. Thank you. And that was Connor Glassy with uh, Garen Cicchini at the end of the Worldwood Bat Championships. Uh, Connor, do you have anything that you want to add before we wrap it up here? No, I mean, just that it was a lot of fun. It was uh, a lot of good baseball, met a lot of good people. We actually met a few big leaguers while we were here down there. We sure did. Dante Bichette was there, who I met in January at the Power Showcase. It was really nice that he, uh, he remembered who I was, so we got to talk with him for a little bit. Uh, apparently, I made friends with Ozzy Guillen uh, at a game because he was stealing uh, stealing numbers off my radar gun. Like your old buddies. It's <laughs> seriously so. Being a Tigers fan, I don't know how that works out. But uh, Brett Saberhagen was there representing West Coast man- uh, Sports Management. Uh, very yep. nice guy. He was. It was good for me to meet Brett. I, I he was one of my childhood favorites because we have the same birthday. <laughs> that's that's great. Yep. And uh, Carl Everett was there because his son plays. Uh, Bo Jackson was obviously in attendance for uh, his team. Chet Lemon has his own team in the uh, in the tournament called Chet Lemon's Juice. Yep. Uh, John Cangelosi is uh, the head of the Cangelosi Baseball uh, Club, so he was there. Uh, you know, a lot of guys down there that have big league experience, whether it was playing or coaching. Rick Knapp was there, the yep. Tigers there pitching coach, because his son is a pitcher, uh, conveniently enough. Yep. So uh, it was a great event. Got to see the amateur prospects. Got to see the big league guys kind of. Also weigh in on their uh, on their feelings, and I forgot one. Steve Garvey, his oh, son was on the championship absolutely. team, uh, the Brave Scout team. Ryan Garvey, an outfielder, a good little player. So uh, it was certainly uh, a lot of fun. Uh, I'm exhausted. I'm <laughs> taking tomorrow off. Uh, I'm going to catch up on some sleep uh, and then get back to the grind when we get back. But uh, certainly check out baseballamerica.com for all the content. Don't hesitate to email us with those questions. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. And, Connor, you want to add one more thing? One more thing, yeah. It's also, you know, it's book season around here. There's a lot of great books coming out. Sure we just are. got the Draft Almanac on our desk today, and that uh, should be available soon. And a lot of other good books with the Prospect Handbook and the Super Register and the Almanac and the Directory. So go ahead and check those out at BaseballAmerica.com in, in the store. And also make sure to follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash BaseballAmerica. Very good stuff, everybody. Got plenty of content for you, so enjoy it. Drop us those emails, send in those questions, but most of all, enjoy that baseball. Take care, everybody.